It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the B-O-C Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. It's Tuesday, it's 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. Time for Shelly Live with your hostess with the mostest, Shelly from Cali on VOCNation.com. That's right, bitches. It is time for another Shelly Live here on the VOC Nation. I, of course, am your hostess with the mostest, Shelly from Kelly. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today here live on the VOC Nation. It's been great being back here on VOC Nation. You know, I've been, I think this is my third installment season, if you will with the VOC Nation. So shout out to them and for them just being awesome to me. And you know what? When I had to flake out before, they never made me feel guilty or anything. It was more like, okay, no problem. Well, we're here, you know. We're here waiting for you to come back. We know you are. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So how are you doing today? I have a lot of things I want to talk about today. Um, I did go to Twitter and to the Instagram, and I did ask what you guys would like me to talk about before we get into that. OM to the G. I don't know if you saw on the Twitter, but I received today my new juicer. I am so excited to try it out. I haven't even opened it yet because I do want to film an unboxing and I want to try it out in that unboxing. So I what I did is right before we went live, I ordered some Ralphs from Instacart. Shout out to Instacart. And I got a bunch of stuff for today. It's Taco Tuesday. I don't know if you celebrate Taco Tuesday in your household. We definitely do here, especially um, in the last few years. You know, we've been really trying to keep to that Taco Tuesday. Just gives you a little something to look forward to. You know, I'm all about the little things in life. And, you know, me, Danielle, and Metal Jesus, we all go do our own thing throughout throughout the day. You know, we all have our jobs. And it's just kind of nice to know that at the end of the day, oh, it's Taco Tuesday. And I often uh, post on social media, the best thing about Taco Tuesday is leftover Wednesdays. Because typically I break my fast with a leftovers of Taco Tuesday on Wednesdays or 
I have it for my second meal of the day. So for me, it works out. And it's one of those things where it just makes, it makes my mouth water. <laughs> Remember that, what was it, um, an English muffin? Oh, my gosh, was it the English muffin commercial that did that back in the 80s? Little Australian girl. And then she's like, they make my mouth water. I'm pretty sure it was either that or the Fig Newton. No, no, mama. It's a Fig Newton. I think that's a different one. But anyways, um, man, now I want an English muffin. (laughs) I wouldn't mind a Fig Newton. I haven't Newtoned in a long time. A lot of sugar and carbs in it. So I don't really partake in the Newton, Newton much. But whatever. So I got my Taco Tuesday stuff. I got my stuff to juice. And something that think I've tried before, but I'm not quite sure. And I got a Kettle One Botanical uh, Cucumber and Mint Vodka. Uh, It says it has no sugar or artificial sweeteners or flavors in it. Let me see what it says in the back here. Um, It says, thank you for reading the back of our label. My brother and I have put our heart and soul into the Botanical Series. Try it with soda water for a delicious, fresh taste experience. We think you've achieved something very special. Like you, we we care about what's in the bottle. So we use real ingredients with no sugar, artificial sweeteners, or flavors. The enticing, fresh taste of Kettle One Botanical is created by carefully distilling our vodka with real botanicals and infusing it with a natural fruit essence at our Noel Noelt Family Distillery in Shindam, Holland. So if you're in the neighborhood, please come and visit us. We'd be so happy to show you around. Cheers, Carl and Bob. Wow, Carl and Carl Jr. Oh, Carl Jr. and Bob, that is so rad. I'm glad that I got this. I think I may have had this or some other concoction. But I'm not quite sure because Danielle and I, before we all got in trouble and we're all grounded, can't do nothing, we used to go to um, these art show slash little cocktail parties. There is an artist, his name is Shag. He has such cute stuff. Like, oh, my gosh, if you're into, like, pop culture and you're into kind of, like, vintage vibes, but with like an edge, you know, you should definitely check out Shag. Shag is somebody that Danielle and I have been a huge fan of, huge, since uh, back in the day, in our rockabilly days, you know, and when I was like 20 years old, and Danielle, my goodness, she was a youngin, and <clears throat> we uh, just loved his artwork. He did a lot of cute artwork. Um, he kind of does mashup stuff along with his own original, like, whatever. And the thing I love about Shaq, I'll get to that again. So um, when we were in our rockabilly days, you know, it was really enticing, that Shag artwork, because he would do a lot of Disney stuff, you know, a lot of Disney little mashups or interpretations, if you will. So for me, I was like, oh, my goodness. And that's when I really was like, this guy, Shag, I'm all about him. It's just all, he's all about lounging and, parties and drinking <laughs> you know all the fun stuff in life but in the classy and sophisticated do you hear me do you hear that sophisticated way I'm so sophisticated that I can't even effing talk so um, yeah it's just really cute stuff I definitely recommend you guys checking him out but what he 
has been doing is in Palm Springs, he has a store there and he's been doing like these little mixers where you can go in there, you can meet him, uh, you can buy some artwork or uh, any of the merch he has. He does, he has the artwork, you know, to hang on the wall, but he also uses the same um, pieces and he makes them into, you can get magnets, you can get socks, you can get vinyl, um, you know, pillows, pins they have turntables now he has just a lot of really cute stuff uh we have one of his lamps really cute uh just a lot of different cool little things you know so if you are like me and you can't afford to buy an art piece like that you know it's cool to know that you can still get that same vibe on something else you know so uh that's what's really cool about the stores you know you can meet the man see the stuff and he has open freaking bar can you believe it Sign me up. It's just like his freaking artwork, just good old-fashioned partying. Because to me, I'm from SoCal. I've always been in entertainment. Like, when I was two years old, I was in a pageant. Like, that's, I'm one of those people, okay? So I really feel, and if you know me personally and you've come to L.A. to visit, I'm pretty sure I've shown you a really good time and have taken you to places that a lot of people don't even really know about. Take you to the classics, but, you know, places that unless you're a local, you don't really know about. And the reason why I love doing that is because I just love being a Californian. I love I what I became enchanted with the most in California. Not the most, but one of the things I got enchanted at big time with is when you are in the entertainment world, there is this like lifestyle that goes with it, you know? And in that lifestyle, there's a lot of these like these like parties and sometimes they're bougie and sometimes it's just it seems bougie but it really isn't and it's just a freaking awesome time and it's what you read about it's what you see in the movies it's what it's on tv there's like the glamorized part of hollywood and to me i still embrace that but the thing is, is, like, I do it differently, like, in my own life. Like, I'll tell you guys, Taco Tuesday, like, making themes and making it a, making things fun and exciting. And that's what I really feel Shag and his artwork has upholded. They, like, just really showing people. And what's crazy is the last time we went to one of his parties, um, oh, he ended up opening a store in West Hollywood. So that's when we started to go. And when we went to this, like the first one I went to, it's crazy because for years and years and years and years, I have an art book of his with a bunch of, you know, his artwork in it. And when we went there, I recognized some of the stuff and it was really cool to see like the actual paintings of it, you know. But when I looked at one, I was like, oh my gosh, that really is like Hollywood. And then the, I'll see, you know what I'll do on ShallyMartinez.net? I will post a photo of this uh, painting. So um, here, let me write a little note right here so I don't forget. Shag art post. So in it, it's like a Hollywood party, right? But you really see the shadiness in it. And it's really easy to like look at it and be like, whoa, that's really cool. There's a lot going on and da, 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 da. And looking at it is like this awesome thing. But if you sit with it and you really look at what's in there and the little details, oh, no, get out of there quick. Run, run. First go to the open bar for a little bit, have yourself some, and then run. And it tripped me out because being that I've been such a fan of Chad for so freaking long. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. It took, like, 
maybe it took for me to have to live life and see that, like, <laughs> experience what he was portraying. But <laughs> anyways, at his parties at these, um, when he has this open bar, he always has the same bartender. She's really awesome. And I think, I see, this is the part I can't remember. I can't remember if she used Smirnoff or the Kettle One, where they're, like, in these infusions, these botanical infusions. And she will have, like, four different flavors. Like, I think I did one that was, like, rose and something. And then there was, like, a pineapple one. And I want to say, I think it's cucumber mint. And when I went to the store before and tried to get these infused, are you okay, Fred? You want some water? When I tried to get these infused um, vodkas, I thought for sure it was a Smirnoff. And when I taste it, it did not taste the same. So, you know, today when I was like, you know what, I haven't drank for a few days. I definitely was looking forward to Taco Tuesday to being the day where I'm going to drink again. Um, you know, I looked, I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go ahead and shell out and get try this uh, kettle one over here. Are you okay, Fred? This little hot dog over here. And so I'm really looking forward to trying it out Um yeah, man, I just realized something. Sorry. So, got all my stuff. I'm looking forward to the juicing. I'm looking forward to the Taco Tuesday. Um, something that I wasn't, or you know what? I'll make a note right now. Hold on. I don't forget. Yeah, be on the lookout. I will be filming that today, and I'm going to try my best to get it up today on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Shelly Martinez channel. And, um, you know, something that's really been on my heart in the last couple of days is Sturgis. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that. I did ask on Twitter what people thought about people going to Sturgis. The reason why it was really in my head it's not even because, like, I haven't really watched TV, like, besides my sh- besides my program. I've been watching my program, but I haven't been watching, like, the news or anything like that. And so it's not like, you know, oh, I'm seeing all these people at Sturgis, and that's why it was on my heart. The reason why it was on my heart is because um, when I saw some of my friends that are in the LSD, which is the Lingerie Fighting Championship, um, I, I just was like, you know what, is that a good idea to go And like, I didn't really know how to feel because like, I don't know about you guys, this is just my opinion. So people, and when I say people, I mean them, dun, 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 them, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying this is fact. This is just something that I've been struggling with and I just want to F and share it. Okay. So don't come after me. So like, part of me is, like, what if these people that keep bringing up generally, and generally speaking, that the corona doesn't exist, okay? So there's people who believe that the corona doesn't exist, and it's just, you know, a, some sort of agenda, right? And then there's people who absolutely believe it exists, and they take it very, very serious. And then there's people who believe it exists, but... Yeah, they'll do their part here. Oh, Merch just peed on my hand. They'll do their part here and there and all this. But, you know, they're starting to get tired of just being locked up, (laughs) all cooped up. And then there's the people who, it's real, they're tired of being cooped up. 
but they're at the point where they don't care no more and they're not going to wear their damn mask anymore. So I feel like I covered kind of the basis of all the types of people generally speaking that are out there. Right. So let's just take a look at all those possibilities, the possibility that it's BS, the possibility that it's real and dangerous and the possibility that it's real, but it's maybe not that dangerous. So all of those things still make me worry about my girlfriends going over there to the LFC. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because there's so many people. And then today when uh, I woke up and I went on uh, and watched the news just for a few minutes, I saw like all this like stuff. And then when I tweeted about it this morning, it was from seeing just posts about people being there or going there. And wow. One of my um, secret society, my VIP, he's going to be there. So, you know, it's really just on my mind. And um, I I was really curious to hear what you guys had to say about what your opinion was. So I'm going to go to my Twitter right now. And it looks like at Tiger King 2222 says, as long as it's not one of those huge – oh, (laughs) I went to the wrong tweet What an idiot Oh my gosh I should have had this stuff queued up Right before I came here Live with you guys I was trying to get my um, Dangerous Divas DVD up on ShellyMartinez.net So people can buy it So if you're interested in that I'll talk about that a little bit later Once I find this Where the heck is it? Dang it. Because I know at least one person wrote me back on there. Let's see. What the heck? I'm so sorry, you guys. I should have had it queued up. Okay, here's it. Here we are, I think. I think I found it. Okay, how is it I can't even find my own damn tweet? Okay, what are your thoughts on Sturgis this weekend? At the Charles 76 says a bunch of cosplayers dressed up like Sunny Barger. If I'm saying that right, phony though, guys. Harley Davidson is the biggest costume company in the world that happens to also make good looking bikes. Hmm. Maybe in some cases, but I disagree because my I know people who are legit bikers and they go. <laughs> but I don't know. Okay. Um, at Scar, I think, S-K-A-R, effect says, go tell them and see what happens. And then we got the Charles 76 coming back saying, I'm sure, oh, he's telling that to the Charles guy. Got it. Duh. All right. Go tell them that and see what happens. There. That's, there we go. Now we got, oh, we got some cheese man over here. Okay. I'm, and then Charles says, I'm sure they're all tough when there are 40K of them. One-on-one, I would have I would embarrass every last retired dentist, contractor, and used Kia salesman at Sturgis right now, pretending to be an outlaw while invoking the name of their bigot president and spreading plague. Whoa! Char- the Charles 76. And then the Scarface says, LOL, have you ever been to Sturgis? Or never been to Sturgis, have you? Wow, we got some little drama for your mama over here. <laughs> oh, I'm going to uh, post that. So 
what I was about to tell you guys, if, if you don't know, LFC is Lingerie Fighting Championship. I used to be a part of it. Uh, I decided it just wasn't for me anymore, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. It, was, <clears throat> it wasn't worth it. So um, when I saw that they were going to be there and they asked who was available, I didn't say anything. And I already had told them that, you know, I'm done. I'm good. And um, so I kind of forgot about it. And then when I started to see that some of my friends were posting, you know, that they would be going there, I was like, wow, is that really a good idea? Because, again, going back to all the possibilities of what's going on right now, it's not good. And I get it, but that's a lot of people, you know? Like that Charles dude on my Twitter says, like, 40K, you know, probably. So it's like... What's the deal? Like, I don't know. I just, and then I put myself in, oh, we have Stellar Steven. Shout out to you, buddy. The virus is real, but people are naturally rebellious, and the lockdown isn't good for employment and mental health. That's true. Very true. Very good point there. Um, It just makes me worried, and I did talk to one of my friends, and she said that they're isolated from everybody in the hotel, which made me feel so much better. I was like, okay, that's really good to know because I kept putting myself in, like, my friend's shoes. And it was crazy because there was part of me that was just like, okay, now that I know that they're isolated and I feel better, like, I really am excited that they're going to go and perform in front of all these dudes that are going to just love, love, love their bouts, right? So it made me excited for some of these girls because they deserve to feel that energy because, to be honest, the last couple shows I did, there wasn't many people there, and it's really hard to just dig deep. Not hard. It's just you have to dig deeper to get into it when you have a big crowd Man, you just feed it, you feed into it more, you know. And it was a good sized crowd, don't get me wrong, it wasn't like it was tiny, but compared to like the people that are going to be in front of, you know, I thought, wow, those girls really deserve it. And then I thought, man, like maybe I should have went. But then I thought, you know, dude, because I'm just cool. Like, that means I would have had to, like, go to the airport, do that whole thing, go over there. And then at the end of the day, even being in isolation with this virus, there's just a lot of people to be around. And that's a lot of, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Fred keeps falling down and it's distracting me. Oh, you're so wet, Fred. He peed all over. Okay, buddy, I have time to give you a bath after I'm done here. So naturally, I've been saying my prayers for everyone over there at the LSC putting on a show, just trying to entertain some people and stuff. So whether you pray or not, if you could send some positive vibes to them, that'd be awesome because, I don't know, it just makes me feel weird. It makes me feel really weird. How does that make you guys feel? Either tweet me at Shelly from Cali and let me know. 
or uh, give me a call. And I'll, I'm going to be getting your guys' calls in a little while. 657-383-1666. That's 657-383-1666. I'm going to take a little break, wet my whistle over here with some water. And when we come back, I'm going to be telling you guys about my first ever topless photo shoot that I've had. All righty. BRB. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation radio network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Shelly Live here on VOC Nation. So, as promised, hold on, I'm just getting Fred settled here. I thought I had enough time, but man, those three minutes go by fast. So let's talk about the first time I ever shot topless, shall we? Now, there's a reason why I wanted to talk about this today, and we'll get to that in a second. 
So I, man alive, I must have been, I want to say 19, 20 years old, I believe, when I did my first topless uh, shoot. And for me, I know I've talked about this before, but somebody that I really looked up to and I really wanted to be like in the sense of not being them, but what they did with their life. Um, how they created content was Dita Von Teese. Now, this was before, I think, for me, I really feel she blew up after she was married to Marilyn Manson because then a lot of people knew who she was, and she became a little mainstream there for a while, and um, the talk of the town for a little bit as well. And, you know, she's done some stuff with Playboy and things like that too, but I really feel that that Marilyn Manson marriage really boosted her. So this is pre-Manson days. And, um, you know, she was just a gal that, like, to me, I was like, oh, she's, like, from Orange County, and, um, you know, she she has this awesome content, very pinup, you know, um, fetish as well. So I was like, dude, I want to do that. Something's never changed, right? Oh, my goodness, here goes Friday again. I hope he's okay. He's kind of acting weird. Are you okay, buddy? Come on. So what I used to do is I used to go on her website and there you go. You can just lay right here. Nope. Hold on. Lay right there. So what I used to do is I would go on her website and I would email photographers that she worked with and hoping to like not just maybe get some paid work that was like the secondary, but the primary was just to get my portfolio built up. Because at that time, those were the good old days where you had to really hustle and get your hustle on. Uh, you know, when you had to have uh, your portfolio, when you would go to auditions or you would meet with somebody that you wanted to work with, you would have to show your portfolio. So I really wanted to build my portfolio up with these different photographers and get my foot in the door with becoming like a fetish pennant model. So she was work, she worked a lot with this one photographer who his photography really, really stood out to me. And to this day, I mean, I've seen photos with the same kind of vibe, but it's still not quite the same. And that photographer's name is Mark Merrimont. Now, if you follow me on uh, Instagram, my Shelly from Kelly 4, um, I posted, oh, you know what? I even blogged about it, actually. And um, I posted a, a photo when I when we were on the break that I was going to be talking about uh, my first topless shoot with the photo. And that photo, the reason why I put it on there was because Mark Merrimont not only would shoot Dita Von Teese and a lot of other people, but another person that he shot that really stood out to me was uh, Julie Strain. Now, Julie Strain, you know, she's done a lot of porn and stuff like that, but she also has like her own cult following with like the comic book world and things like that. So, I was like, whoa, this woman is like, you know, doing the same kind of things that Dita is doing, but like in a different vibe. It's not always sent up. It's like a variety, you know? And I was just like, wow. And the photos that Mark Merrimont would get of Julie Strain, I was just like, you know, the Dita ones too, but the Julie Strain ones, there was just something, there was just this like life about it. Her photos, it was like, you know, to me, a modern-day 
Betty Page, you know? I mean, I know there's a lot of girls out there that do Betty Page style photo shoots. I'm one of them. But for some reason, like, whenever I would see Julie Strain in the Betty Page bangs doing her thing, I was just like, and it wasn't even like she was trying to be Betty Page or, oh, my goodness, she reminds me of Betty. It's like, no, you were like what Betty Page was doing then. Now she's doing that. Like, you know what I mean? It's It was just different. And so when I was shooting the other night for my OnlyFans and my Secret Society, I it was my first shoot with my new Betty Page uh, wig. And when um, I put it on, at first it was all about doing the ode to Betty Page. But it really turned into I channeled on accident my inner Julie Strain. And that's the photo that I put out there just a few minutes ago on my Twitter because um, – there was a photo that was really similar and that was like, why? Like, cause I did that pose and then I was just like, I did that pose. And when I looked at the camera after the, cause I had my camera on a timer. So after it took the photo and I went and looked at it, I was like, Whoa, like that reminds me of that Mark Merrimont photo, Julie Strain, you know, that vibe. And it's so crazy because um, the night before I shot Oh my goodness, Freddie, he's over here just being crazy. I'm really worried about him, you guys. I don't know what to do. I don't know what his problem is right now. Here, you want some water, boy? But um, when when I took, okay, so today is Tuesday. Yesterday was Monday, so Sunday. On Sunday, I was so obsessed with, you know what? I got scared for a second because I looked at my switchboard and I thought, is it on mute? <laughs> you, just, you just experienced a moment where I got scared, like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> Anyways, so on Sunday, I was really obsessed with getting my ShellySecretSociety.com website going because it's just been a mess for months. And so I ended up staying up until, like, 7 o'clock Monday morning, getting it going. It's going now. Like it's up and it's running. It's great. It's like I I love it. I love the interface. I love what I can do behind the scenes now. It's just awesome. So I highly recommend you guys go over there if you want to check out that content. And if you're a person that like wants to see what I post on OnlyFans but you don't necessarily want to OnlyFans, it's in um, in the new Secret Society site, ShellySecretSociety.com. You're able to see as one of the rewards I give. Um, everything that I post on OnlyFans, you just aren't a part of the live streams. That's the only difference. But anyways, um, so yesterday, I okay, so I went to sleep at seven o'clock, and then I woke up at like nine something. So I only got like a few hours sleep, and I just could not go to sleep. And that's when I shot these photos, and I was just so exhausted. I was so tired, and um. I just, Fred, what is going on with you, boy? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's falling over over here. You know what? I just got my total timeline effed up. Saturday is when I shot these photos. I mean, Sunday. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with me? Sunday is when I shot those photos. Oh, my gosh. You see, you guys, I'm just a mess over here, a hot effing mess. So, after my live stream I had with my OnlyFans, that's when I shot those photos. And I wasn't feeling it because I was so tired. I was so exhausted. 
And that's what it was. So then yesterday, that's when I, like, was just whatever. But the point is, is when I post the photos for my OnlyFans and my secret society, it's like this part of me woke up with that first topless gig I had. And, oh, my gosh, I left out the whole thing. So it was with Mark Merrimont because I reached out to him because I wanted to um, work with him. You know, he worked with Julie Strain. He worked with Dita. And so um, I went and I shot with him. And what's so weird is I don't even remember. Hmm. That's so weird. I don't remember how I got to him. Isn't that strange? I kind of guess I blocked it out. The only thing I remember is I was really nervous, right? I was so nervous to do topless because that was the whole thing. And I knew that the moment I did the topless photos, that like forever was the decision that was going to stick with me forever. And it does to this day. But I was very aware of that, even at a young age. So it was really scary. And I was really insecure, my areolas. I have big areolas. And when I was younger, like my boyfriend in high school and then after high school, he was really, I think I've talked about him before in here. He was really abusive mentally and physically. And one of the mentally, the way he mentally abused me is um, he would always talk crap about my boobs to me. He would like always put, put them down and call them names and stuff like that. So I had this whole complex. And when I started to like really embrace that I wanted to be a full-time model and um, you know, I wanted to go down this dot com road where like I have a membership site like these girls did. Um, that was after I was like, I just can't be with this guy anymore. I finally like broke free. I, you know what I mean? So it was really like, okay, here I go. Here, here I go again on my own. You know, I wanted that dot com life. So here we are doing this, what Dita and Julie Strain do, you know. So the thing I remember, I still think it's so crazy. I'm going to have to hit, I reconnected with Mark Merrimont recently. So I need to ask him if he remembers. But what I do remember is I remember telling him I was really nervous. And I told him that I was insecure about my areolas. And in the most non-creepy way, I can't even tell you what he said. I just remember he just so didn't come off as a creep. He was like, he made me feel beautiful. And even feeling like, okay, he's making me feel beautiful, but I still got those areolas. Like, then that's when he was like, well, there's things we can do. Let me get some ice, and at least we can make your nipples hard, and then they'll get smaller. They'll start to, sh- and I was like, yes, let's do that. And so we did the shoot. That's exactly what we did. And um, I just remember, like, even though I was young, even though I was so insecure, I just felt like this is my path and this is something that I'm going to do and there's nobody that's going to stop me. And it was very empowering. 
And when I was looking at those photos and I caught that photo that I said, it reminds me of that Julie Strain photo that he took. It just reminded me of who I've always been. I've always been this girl. And what's crazy is that did start me being comfortable with doing topless gigs. I still would be uncomfortable. And sometimes I'd be with people who didn't make me feel, they were creeps. You know what I mean? They were creeps. But I feel like slowly the topless work made me feel like what that ex-boyfriend kind of like took from me, I got back, if that makes sense. And what really sucks is like the pictures came out beautifully that I did with Mark Maramont. I'll see if I can dig them up. I know that it was on my Instagram before the Instagram deleted it, but I remember, um, again, I was trying to break free of that boyfriend. He mailed my mom those photos. <laughs> Who does that? And then that's when my family was like, oh, Shelly, just topless. And that's when I became this, like, total black sheep of the family to, like, this day. Like, most of my family pretty much disowned me. So, and it's fine. But, um that was like the beginning of it. And I remember the only person that had the balls to say anything to me was my grandma. Like she was like, you know, he sent pictures of you topless. <laughs> she had to whisper it, but it was just one of those things where like, when I did that first topless shoot with Mark Maramont, it made me push my limits, not my limits of what I'll do and what I won't do. But push my limits from being that girl that's stuck in this relationship that's just toxic and disgusting. And if I don't get out, I might, he might kill me. Like, it was that bad. So it was like that push forward of this is just, like, for whatever reason, everything I've done, whether I've been like, man, I kind of wish I didn't do that or not. Things that maybe I'm not the proudest of. One of my finest hours. It's like one of the things that... I was just destined to do was to be this like fetishy model. I don't know why that's just it. And it's so crazy because I get so judged for whether it's my custom wrestling or the photos I put out. And it's so crazy to me because me society or me putting out stuff on my only fans like, 99% of the time, it's stuff that I shot that a lot of times I am by myself and I am shooting it. And it's very, after all, because, like, yes, the Mark Miramar experience was positive. But there was a lot of negatives that, I mean, I thought it was always going to be like that experience, you know. Little did I know. And so for me, it's doing things on my terms and doing things where it's like I can go at my pace that I can have moments where like when I shot those pictures, those um, my recent ones, my model Monday ones with the Betty bangs, I just like, I remember I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to be left alone. I usually Snapchat like behind the scenes for my secret society. I didn't even do that. I just was in a very, um, I was processing a lot of different things that I've been dealing with lately. 
So I was just like, I just want to be left alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to do my thing. And I did. And I was so proud of the product that made me just look, take a look back at myself and just be like, you know what? I've let people, and I don't mean to do this, but I've let people and their opinions of me just really hold me back. And now more than ever, I'm just like, you know what? If people want to think I'm whatever because I throw out sexy content, that's not my problem. Because I'm sure a lot of people have kind of put me in a category or they think they have me figured out based on the contents I put out or whatever. And it's like, I actually am very brutish with a lot of things and people wouldn't think that they just think like oh I'm just like this or that and it's like no like I'm very old school like you know I don't know and it's just interesting because I think because of that and then seeing people have this misconception of me because of my content it's affected me. And the reason why, like, I want to say I don't care what people think, but when you're around certain people, you can just feel it. Like, for example, there's a family member that does still talk to me. And I know they care about me. I know they do. But they don't like the content I put out. They probably think I need Jesus. <laughs> and it's this very judgmental thing. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that, like, I'm so concerned about what people think of me, but it's, like, the people who I care about, what they think of me. You know what I mean? And that makes sense. So with this family member, it's, like, they have this perception of me When it's like, if you would actually stop being weird and open yourself up, you'll see the real me. And you'll see that that's my job. That's what I do. I love my job. I love what I do. But that's just a part of me. It's not all of me. And I'm going to be real. Since being with Metal Jesus, you want to know, okay, people have been looking at my content. A lot of times, my content is the bomb. Because doing these shoots has been very beneficial to my love life. Let's just say that. So it's such this positive, I'm taking my energy back. I'm sharing my energy with Metal Jesus. I'm sharing that part of me with whoever is looking at my content. But yet... I get looked at, like, let's say I'm a family member, like, I'm just this sinner that needs saving. And it's like, no, dude. And the reason why I'm not ashamed of what I do is, like I said, I do things on my terms, right? But then on top of it, when, let's say, I do a custom shoot, the girls that I end up connecting with, and having very powerful, meaningful conversations with, or I end up sparking up a friendship with them. And when I really need somebody to be there that understands they are there, they're good girls, I, that's how I know them is through the custom world. 
And so it's like, it's so crazy that I just keep seeing how much me and girls like me get judged when really we're taking control of our lives. If Metal Jesus and I split up, I could still take care of myself. Guess what? When I was doing independent wrestling that last time around, that wouldn't have been the case. I was, I was barely getting by. And I had to hustle hard just to barely get a buy. When I say barely, it means I really wasn't getting by, but I got by. You know what I'm saying? So to go from that to embracing who I was meant to be, and I knew that when I shot with Mark Merriman, that was my future. What does the future hold? The future holds boobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'm going to start thinking more about that um, day with Mark Marilyn. I'm going to actually hit him up and ask him because maybe he'll have, like, some missing pieces for me. <laughs> I don't know because I'm pretty sure because at the time he was living in San Francisco. And I'm pretty sure we shot in San Francisco. How the hell did I get there? Did I drive? I just remember meeting him at some place, the pictures, and that's it. That is so bizarre. So bizarre. Anyways, let's go back to Twitter over here. We got some... uh, people tweeting me when I get back to those. And I think it's fun to interact live over here. Again, my Twitter is at Shelly from Kelly. All right. Um, at just another IP says 250,000 people mocking a plague, which has killed 700 plus globally recipe for disaster. And then uh, at Stellar Steven, do you meet any, did you do you meet any wrestling workers at Sturgis? I know Bischoff is a Sturgis rally fan. Um, I don't know. I've never been to Sturgis, so I'm not sure. So sorry, I'm not I'm not sure on that one. And then I also wanted to get to I saw that I got an alert about my what you wanted me to talk about. Okay. Um at Stellar Steven, T V shows you watch, music you're into, thoughts on current wrestling on social media being toxic. Ooh, okay. TV shows that I watch currently now. Um, I go to reruns, you guys. I'm, you know, I I work all day and party all night. <laughs> Just kidding. Sometimes. But um, so I do, when I do want to re- uh, unwind at night, I uh, typically go to like Simpsons or the Munsters, Seinfeld, um, Big Bang Theory, um, Daria. I do love that show, 90 Day Fiance, Before the 90 Days. And then they have a new one called The B90, the, um, Before 90 Days Strikes Back. But here's what's funny. It's not like I'm into the whole, like, 90 Day Fiance thing. I tried to be, but I just don't care about those people. But I do care about that cast that, and I am invested in the like B90 people. So I do watch that. I get really excited. We're going to watch one tonight, actually. Um, Let's see. Sometimes I watch Buck Rogers, Singuli. Let's see. What else do I watch? 
I feel like I'm missing a, a big one. Uh, Arrested Development. Um, oh, I watch actually drive diners, drive-ins, and dives a lot. Like that's a big one here on the weekend. Dun-na! Welcome to diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> so I watch that. Um, I, sometimes I watch those zoo shows, you know, on the weekends that come on where they show you the different zoos and people that work there, like they're reality based. Um, oh, I love California School with Hugh Hauser on um, public access. And if I have insomnia, one of my shows that's been my show forever is Classic Art Showcase um, on KCET. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's what I watch. I mean, pretty much comedies, you know. I like to laugh. So there's that. Uh, music I'm into, it depends on my mood. Something that I do pretty much almost every day is when I'm working throughout the day, I typically am listening to music. Oh, Friends. Hello. I watch Friends all the time. Um, but usually when I'm listening to music, I put my Pandora on shuffle. So it has anything from 80s hair metal to punk rock to Boston Nova to, you know, the, like, pop music. Like, um, I guess you would say things like Black Eyed Peas, things like that. I also love, like, the 90s, 90s music. I also love, love, love um these different DJs that mix different, um, usually old school music, like Ski Whiff or DJ Yoda. Um, let's see here. There's a lot. There's a lot. I love Cholo music. Um, you know, I listen to so many different types of music. And like I said, like that part of me gets fed pretty much every day because I just always have it on... Um, on shuffle on so if you go to my twitter if you're on my twitter which stellar steven you are you know the music i post on there you know it just depends i love old music from like way back in the days when it sounds like you can't barely even understand what's going on because it's so scratchy i love that stuff too so yeah and my thoughts on current wrestling i don't watch current wrestling i don't watch any wrestling to be honest with you and the only time i would watch wrestling in more recent years i guess you would say was Actually, when I was doing independence and I would be on the shows, I haven't watched TNA or WWE for many, 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 many years. Nothing to them. It's just, for me, being on the other side ruined it for me, you know? Like, I just can't look at it the same. So um, there's that. And thoughts on social media being toxic. You know, it, it really is. Here's here's my problem with social media. It's yes, it can be toxic and whatever, but what bothers me is for example, like I that YouTuber like I've talked about on here before and that's I don't mean to be a dead horse, it's just like goes consistent to the things I talk about on here. But like when I came after I think I talked about it last week, uh Shane Dawson once on Twitter and I came after him. I wasn't trying to be shady. I was like, dude, I'll tell you to your face if I have to. So when I was like pretty much telling him he was fake, I got so many of his stands attacking me for like ever. And then now that he's been exposed for who he is, 
it's like those same people are quick to like now talk crap. So to me, I hate not just how toxic it is, but how sheeple people on there, on there and how wishy-washy they are about their um, thoughts and ideas. It's one thing to be enlightened and maybe you didn't see something a certain way. And then it's like, that's just called growth. Uh, when you learn something and then maybe that may change, that changes your opinion on something. I'm talking about this is wishy-washy, Bill, like whatever. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so that's what, that's what my big thing is. And then also for me, it's just um, when people really show how toxic they are, like if they're a famous person or whatever, and then I see people that give them a pass. Like, I don't like that kind of toxic behavior either. It's just like, you know what? No one should get a pass. If you are a douche, you're a douche. And if you're a terrible person that does terrible, ugly things, that is who you are. Like, who cares if you're famous? So that's the thing about social media that I find the most toxic is that people look at influencers, celebrities, whatever, athletes, like, in a way, I just wish they wouldn't. I, I'm all about it. I get it when you follow people because you're a fan. I, I get it. I'm right there with you. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I could sit here all day and talk about that, and I'm not going to because it's just going to make me mad. Okay, we have another one for Stellar Steven. Is sexy content better to do solo or with others like in custom matches? Um, It just depends. It depends on what it is. And... um. You know, sometimes I look for one over the other. Sometimes I enjoy them both at the same time. Wait, what? <laughs> but, yeah, another one, Stellar Steven uh, says, do you have an Aaron Steven story? I like his work and heard you mention him at OVW discussion. Um, I have a lot of Aaron Steven stories, but um, uh, I don't know. If, like, on the fly, I don't really know which one to talk about. To be honest with you, I'm mad at Aaron. So <laughs> he'll never hear this, but you know, so yeah, I got stories that I don't care to share. That's how I feel about that. But Hey, he does have good work. I haven't seen his work in a really long time, like many, many, many years, but um, I really enjoyed working with him. I think what me, him and Beth had was really awesome. And it's something that was really special in uh, my wrestling career. That's for sure. And um, so, yeah, you know, positive vibes all around, you know, I always wish people nothing but, you know, wish them well. Someone once told me, all you can do is wish them well and move on. So that's what I'm going to do. Anyways, I'm going to do one more commercial break. And when we come back, I will be taking your call. That's 657-383-1666. Again, 657-383-1666. I'll be right back, baby. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. 
Since 2012, HIAC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Legon every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network, Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. You hear that sound? That's the sound of pure goodness. So good. You take this can, press it up against your lips, and let the liquid drip down your throat. Your taste buds will be dancing with joy as the flavor hits each and every one of them. That's how I feel about my Kroger Fizz and Co. seltzer with a hint of the doctor. <laughs> Last time I ordered um, from Instacart, I accidentally ordered this flavor of sparkling water or seltzer water, however you want to say it. And um, they brought me this do- the doctor flavor. And damn it, it tastes like when you have a diet Dr. Pepper and you put ice in it and then the ice like waters it down. That's what it tastes like. And you know what? I will take that. Some people probably wouldn't like that, but I will take that being that I gave up soda, not completely, but I barely drink soda. So I do drink a lot of um, sparkling water, though. So it's nice that when I do crave a soda that I can go to the doctor. They also have the root beer one. That one's really good, too. That one tastes more root beery than this does the uh, – but this one says with a hint of the doctor flavor. I don't think that the uh, root beer one says with a hint. It's just like root beer flavor. I got a burp stuff like no one's business. Oh, it won't come out. There we go. Anyways. 
um, before I get to your calls, I totally forgot. I was going to share with you guys um, what I've been dealing with lately. And something I've been dealing with lately is, once again, your Amika Shelley over here dealing with my good old death anxiety. Oh, God, I love it. And I always find that the best way for me to deal with it and get it out is to talk about it. So I'm going to talk with you guys about it. And, um, you know, some days are good, some days are bad. But for some reason, death has just been very heavily on my mind lately. Um, I don't know, more so than normal. And something that, this is what keeps happening. Now, you know what? I, I, I know exactly why I've been thinking about it more than normal. Okay, something I will share with you guys that I haven't talked to anybody about publicly is um, another anxiety that I've had. If you've listened to podcasts of uh, Shelly Past, if you will, I've talked about openly that I have a boob anxiety. Now, my boob anxiety is ever since I got my boobs done, um, I'm always afraid they're going to pop. <clears throat> so a lot of times since I've had them, what happens when I'm sleeping is it gets disrupted a lot because even though I know, like, when I'm conscious right now talking to you guys, being totally awake and alert, there's no way that me sleeping on my stomach is going to do anything to them. But when I am in that slumber and conscious, like, running, I have this anxiety about it. And so I wake up a lot. I adjust a lot. Whatever. It's just what I've lived with. And the reason why I've never really did anything about it, like make them smaller or whatever, is two things. One, I'm not going to want to do a surgery unless I have to again. And two, going back to that boob anxiety that I had before about my areolas and everything, another thing that um, really bothered me is I did have good-sized breasts, but they were very saggy. And they looked really awesome in a bra, but they just did not, in my opinion, um, and it feel good. And it wasn't one of those things about, like, you know, what somebody um, – what somebody has to say, you know, about my body or whatever. It was about me being in the shower and just with myself and not liking it. So when I got my boobs done, it was really 1,000% for me. I know some people may think, oh, it's because of wrestling. No, wrestling allowed me to have, like, the means to do it. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's why I got them done when I did. And ever since then, the way they look and the way they make me feel – make me feel like this is what my body like is supposed to look like. <laughs> it's supposed to look like this, whether it's when I'm at my ideal weight or if it's at the weight I'm at now, like my boobs, like I just feel good with them. Right. So something that's been happening to me for like a couple of weeks now is one of my boobs is just, it hurts. And like, Sometimes I feel like when the bag moves, it's like, I don't know, it just was, I'm very aware, right? So I've been like obsessed over, obsessed over my breasts. And like, I'm always looking in the mirror to see if like there's a difference in the shape and whatever. And here's the hard part for me is the boob that it is, is my left one. And my left boob has always, even though it was my real boob, um, it's bigger than my right one. And my thought behind it is because I'm right-handed. So, like, there's probably a little bit less fat on that side of my chest than the other one. There's that. But I don't know, you guys. 
I feel like something's going on and it really scares me because even though I know that one day I'm going to have to like update them or whatever they say after however many years or whatever, like that scares me. I don't want to go under. I'm scared. But then I also think, okay, what am I going to be? 70? And then a boob pops, and then I have to go in for surgery at age 70 because my imp pops. Like, that's a tender age to be having surgery, especially for just stupid boob, right? So I gave myself until I was like, okay, when I'm like 50, if I didn't have to have them, like, replaced already, I am going to do it then. And I'm not going to get them replaced. I'm going to just remove the list because originally, when I was going to get a boob job, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get a lift. I wasn't going to get the implant. And then um, when I found out that I can get my areolas reduced, I was like, yes, I'm all about it. So my doctor in Kentucky is when I got them done. She explained to me that doing so would take them from the natural D cup I was to a C. And I was like, well, going to do this let's just do it right let's fill them up make them look the way that I want to without having uh, to lose any size so with that filler and all that that's when I became the double d shelly you know today so it kind of sucks because it sucks a lot for me I know this probably sounds really stupid and shallow but I love the way my boobs look now, and I don't want them to, like, I'm fine with them starting to sag a little bit or something like that as I get older. But, like, I don't want them to be smaller, but it's, like, I don't want to have – I'm thinking of the future, and I don't want to have to worry about that when I'm, like, super old, right? So I've already made this decision, and it sucks. It really bothers me because I don't want to take them out. I don't. But what am I going to do, Right. So now I'm all freaked out because I'm having this issue and then during the age of the corona and I'm just like, dude, what if something happens? What if something's wrong? I got to go do this now. And then what if there's like a power outage or something weird happens, like the aliens come and when they're in the middle of freaking operating on me, like I freak out about that. I know it's stupid, but it's like, that's what I, that's what I'm over here thinking about. Okay. And What's crazy is, like, I'm used to, like, here and there, like, my boobs hurting, whatever. But it's been, like, different. And I keep asking my girlfriends that have had theirs for a while, like, for the same amount of time or a a little longer. And none of I keep thinking they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's normal. And none of them have said that. And so I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So I think because of that, the death thing has been on my mind a lot. Just like, oh, my God, one day there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to die. Like, there's no escaping it. There's zero escaping Go like death ever. I'm going to be in the ground one day. My soul is going to go somewhere else. And it freaks me out. And it always happens at nighttime, you guys. Like it happens during the daytime as well. But because it's like the daytime and I can like throw myself into work, like I'm able to like not think about it too hard, you know. But when I'm like sleeping in bed and I wake up and I'm thinking these things and it looks like me in bed in the dark, I'm like, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, it's just been really bad. Today, they don't feel as bad. Now, here's here's something that I thought about, okay? So, I started doing a different workout for my weights, right? And it involves a lot of overhead um, weight training. 
And I also fell asleep on the couch not too long ago, a couple of weeks back. And I slept funky, and ever since then, I feel like my body's been off. Like, maybe, like, I I need an adjustment or something, right? So, with that being said, I'm taking this week off of doing my upper body weights. I'm just going to work on lower body cardio. And I'm going to keep, I have this list to help, like, pump my wine or something and all this. I haven't really been using it. I need to start using it. I'm going to do what I can heal. And I related I'm hoping, but I'm also not putting all my hope in it. It's just something that could be the situation. Either way, there is no escaping that one day I'm going to have to take these things out. And that scares the freaking crap out of me. And then it almost makes me feel like I wish I just would have went with the lift in the beginning. But then it's like, and this has nothing to do with my career. This has nothing to do with guys. This has to do with 1,000% me, Shelly Martinez. It's like, I don't want them to change. And they're not perfect, like, People who, because there's people sometimes out there that'll still like online, they'll be like, oh, your big nipples. They'll say it too. Yeah, dude, I know I have freaking big areolas. Get over it. Don't look at them then. But, um, you know, because they did go through the nipple and then they made the um, areolas smaller and you could still see that they're big. So can you imagine how big they were before? You know what I mean? So, even though they're still, in my opinion, big, and they are, they're still big, and the scarring around them, yeah, it's there, you see it, and it's like, whatever, it's not perfect, but I feel good. When I'm in the shower by myself, I feel great, and I know when the time comes where I have to take them out, I'll feel great, I'll feel even better in a different way, because I won't have to have that boob anxiety anymore that I'm living with for, like, ever and over 10 years, you know, I got my boob job in, what was it, 2006? Yeah, 2006. So, like, I know there'll be so much positive that comes with it. But, A, I am super scared to go into a surgery. And the thing is, is, like, years ago, I had dreams that I was, like, going into a surgery. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh. I bet you that was, like, it. Like, oh, my gosh. I remember when I first got, when I went to get my boobs done, I almost backed out at the last minute. It freaked me out. Like, they put the IV in me and everything, and then I was about to back out, about to pull the IV out of me, and then the chick, like, doped me up, and I got doped up quick. And next thing I knew, I woke up, and I heard Melina saying, oh, my God, they're so big. <laughs> so, um, and I know also that when that time comes, it's temporary. The surgery will be fine. And then the healing will happen. And I'm sure it'll still hurt a lot. But I feel like it's going to be different than when I got them done because I got something put into me. Whereas this time, I'm take, something's taking out of me. So it's like I feel like the recovery is going to be different. Maybe it'll be worse. I don't know. It scares me, people. You were talking about right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why? Why couldn't I just be informed with better boobs? <laughs> 
Why? Why couldn't I have just gotten the list in the first place and then I wouldn't have to worry about any of it? And maybe I would have felt like I wish my boobs were still a little bigger, but I could have wore bras or something. I don't know. I don't regret it. It's just I wasn't thinking ahead to this part, you know. I was just thinking about how I finally had the means to fix something that really, truly bothered me. And when it was all said and done, I felt better about myself. All righty. Well, I have only one call to get to. So if you want to call while I'm taking that call, go ahead and call. Call in in the VOC Nation call line. Hi, you guys. 657-383-1666. Again, that number is 657-383-1666. We have caller 804. What's your name and where are you from? Hey, this is uh, Stellar Steven from uh, Virginia. Thank you for reading hey, my tweets Stella earlier. Hey, Stellar Steven. Absolutely. Yeah. How's it going? Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad I could uh, catch your show live and um, – yeah, some interesting uh, discussion earlier. Um, I think this year has been very horrible for uh, uh, death anxiety and uh, toxic uh, social media usage. Uh, so I, that's why I, I kind of, you know, was interested in what, you know, tweeting at you and getting your thoughts earlier. And uh, I, I know um, – there's been a lot of wrestler and uh, celebrity deaths this year. And um, I think the Hanukkah death was a big sign of, uh, you know, just a lot of negativity online from not just wrestling, but uh, reality TV show fandom. And uh, so I was just wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on some of those uh, ideas and, um, uh, what are your thoughts on wrestling with implants? I know Charlotte Flair had, uh, to take time off to, I, I think heal from having, uh, implants and talked about it publicly. So I'd like to get your thoughts on some of those, uh, uh, well, you know, for me, <clears throat> again, <clears throat> when I would wrestle, much like when I have my boob anxiety when I sleep, I was always like, crap, I don't want to pop my boob. But what's interesting is once I got in there, like, because my boobs are so big, I was often the uh, victim of a lot of chops, and it made sense to the matches that I'm in, right? So, um, and I was always like a, I rather people lay it in with certain things like chops where it's like it'll just kind of sting for a second or whatever. So I would let people lead in. I'll never forget in Hood Slam, one of the Stoner brothers, um, tag team over there, and they're real brothers, they're twins. Shout out to them and shout out to Hood Slam. Um, one of them chopped me so hard in a battle royal, I remember feeling my implants, like, moving in a way they never did before. And everyone thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome until I felt the – the implants and that's when I was like maybe I need to be careful and like not be so crazy and like what if something weird happened that'd be terrible if like a boob popped because of a chop like oh my gosh like how stupid and then um 
for me, I got my boobs done shortly after I debuted as Ariel on ECW. So it was interesting for me because I was on the road full time. And so I got my boobs done like on a Wednesday or Thursday. And then that weekend I went and traveled and, oh, here's the Aaron with Steven story for you. So he and I (laughs) were like really BFS. Um, off screen and um, he, we lived in the same apartment building he was one of my friends that took care of me when I had my boob job and um, he was on the road at the time with Casey James if you remember and uh, we were traveling together um, and I remember I felt better knowing that like he was with, like somebody I knew was with me and it was really crazy because I'd have to ice them, like, whatever. So I'd have to, like, the ice on my boobs, and then I would put, like, a blanket over it so no one would see me, like, I'm icing my boobs. And I'll never forget, like, when we first took off from Louisville to wherever we were going, I freaked out. And I was, like, freaking out and telling Aaron because my boobs, once we started, like, to go into the air, I could really feel those implants moving. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was the most creepiest, weird feeling. And, um, you know, kind of like I said earlier, I was mad at him. I got at him that time, too, because he couldn't even be yeah, my overhead luggage stuff on my own. So I it out, and I went full force after um, my – surgery and I remember I would take uh, medication for the pain and I remember I would tell one of the girls sometimes it'd be Ashley sometimes it'd be Melina sometimes it'd be Charmel uh, I would tell them look I'm gonna take my medicine now and I'm just gonna take a nap underneath the table so like because I didn't want anyone to see me sleeping thinking that like I was like you sleeping on the job or whatever you know what I mean so I would hide under the table <laughs> and um, go to sleep for a little bit and just, like, rest. I remember one time, um, it was episode, oh, what was it? There was something, there was some kind of promo Kevin and I did, and I just remember, like, I don't even know how I pulled it off because I was in so much pain. I was so out of it. Like, I just wanted to sleep because there I was just a few days after my damn boob job over there on the road full time. Well, it's uh, it's interesting that you couldn't get you know the time off to heal from uh, surgery, but uh, I also I didn't, I didn't know if you though, heard, to be but with you. like, oh wow, oh, I'm sorry, real quick, I didn't even ask though. Like, it's so dumb. Like at the time, I was so like ready that like I didn't even I didn't even think to ask WWE like oh I'm getting my boobs done so can I like like I it wasn't even an option like right now when you just said that I was like dude right. until you just said that I didn't even think about it I was like I'm on TV because like, I remember I asked ahead of time my doctor I was like so if I had to travel she's like well you need at least a couple of days like you have to be in bed so that's why I kind of planned it to where um, I had a couple of days and. Right. So, yeah, we did. Everyone knew I was going to go first. I see. 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 I see
I really felt a lot of support because I was scared to go into surgery. I had up until that point, I had never had any surgery ever. I'd never been put under. So I was really scared, much like I'm talking about today. And I just, you know, really felt the support from my little OVW family. Yeah, I uh, had some interesting uh, discussion that I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the rumor that uh, Goldust was possibly uh, considering implants years ago. I I think it was probably best that he avoided trying that for a oh, wow. short-term gain. Yeah, I, I think Bruce Pritchard talked about it on his podcast and that Dustin had the idea, but, uh, I think, uh, it's probably better that he avoided that. But, um, and, um, I think earlier kind of breaking up, uh, I can hear you clearly now, but I just wanted to mention that, um, uh, in case you listen to it back, but, uh, yeah. And, um, uh, trying to think here. Oh yeah. There's, um, a lot of criticism towards uh I know you don't watch current wrestling but there's a lot of criticism towards AEW's uh launching of a kind of like a women's wrestling uh focused subscription service I think uh it might be around $50 or less um and I think uh there's a lot of negative reaction to some of the modeling picks that they uh kind of produce with uh I think the referee, Aubrey Edwards, and there is a wrestler named Nyla Rose that, and Sonny Kiss. Uh, do you think fans can be uh, very toxic towards uh, very body shaming? Uh, is it worse or is it not as bad as it used to be? Can Can I get your thoughts on that? I'm sorry, so you wanted my thoughts on what exactly? Uh, AEW uh, launching a women's wrestling-focused subscription service and kind of fans body shaming uh, some of the modeling picks that are uh, oh, okay. being produced. Now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sucks. That sucks big time because, um, you know, when you put out at least I know for, I can only speak for myself, and I am a woman. Um, when I put out sexy photos or sexy videos, um, it's like sharing, in a way, some vulnerability on my side. I'm willing to open myself up and be like, here, here's the side of me that you know, not everyone sees. And it's not like an everyday, all-day thing, but this is a side of me that I'm sharing. So it's like sharing a part of me. So whether you're a man or a woman and you're taking sexy photos or sexy content, you're sharing a part of you. And I know some people don't really look at it so seriously, and some people do, and some people kind of do and kind of don't. So either way, you can't dispute that you're sharing a part of you. And so it's sad to hear that, they're pushing some sexy content, which is fine. And if people are like, why are they doing it? Like, you know what? The people involved don't have to do it. Like, they're saying they'll do it. So, like, there's that. So, okay, it's all consensual. People want to do it. That's fine. So to let people be, 
them and share themselves and then to shame. I just think that that sucks. Like that's the same people who shame are the same people that would never share that side of themselves with anybody. So why knock somebody that's going to, if you don't like what you're seeing, just don't look at it. Like, I don't get why people have to go out of their way, especially now with the freaking technology freaking era we live in. People just go on there and then like back in the day when it was just magazines and the internet wasn't what it is today, like the days of SHM, Maxim, Playboy, right? If people saw a girl that they didn't like their body type or whatever, what are they going to do? Write to SHM? Oh, I don't understand. No, they turn the page and you keep going. But because people have some kind of keyboard at their disposal, they think that they need to, for whatever reason, just share their thoughts about how they don't like how somebody looks and some da da da. And it's like, get over it. Why are you wasting your time? Like, Move on. Look at something else. Did it mess up your jerk-off rotation? If so, just click again and then you get back on board. Like, it doesn't matter if that's what's up or not what's up. (laughs) Like, you know, like, just keep going. Like, don't, like, why? And the reason why, and kind of going back to that toxic behavior you're talking about, it's like these types of people typically – are the problematic people in life that you and I have to deal with and they're problem people and they make life really hard for everyone around them. And it's like, if you're going to be bitter and miserable and just whatever, that's on you. But when you spread that to everyone else around you to where now all of a sudden, like people become that way, it's like, it sucks. And that's what these people, these internet people are to me. It's like, you just heard these. You just had to say that, didn't you? Okay, all right. And I get it when something's on your mind, and you just have to say, it. "I'm the queen of it." That's why I say a lot of things openly. Just like even earlier when I was talking about that YouTuber, when I tweeted at him, and I was just like, "You're fake." I had to get that off my chest, but it had nothing to do about like his appearance or him open. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's just. I don't know, but maybe it is the same, you know, I don't know, whatever. I'm mad. <laughs> now you got me all riled up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh audience will love an angry Shelly. Um, rants get a lot of <laughs> hits. But um, uh, I don't want to be too somber, but was there any uh, wrestler uh, deaths besides Shad that, that you kind of were – uh, affected by uh, this year, uh, there are some pretty big losses this year. You know, this is how it goes with me, and maybe this is why um, death has been haunting me so much. Is because of different deaths going on these last few months. You know, with wrestlers and even like you know, even though I don't follow really or a big old fan like I used to be a celebrity even seeing celebrities I don't even know about passing um it always just triggers me it always triggers it makes me think about those people I have lost like for example with Shad it's like that opened my eyes up to not just triggering Ashley which then triggers 
my grandma's passing and then that triggers my dog's Ethel's passing and then that triggers me to really look at life in a certain way and then I start thinking about like my grandpa and my dad and how they're gone and you know they were predators in my life so it's like not positive so then it puts me in that space so it's like anytime I hear about somebody dying whether I personally knew them and had a friendship with them or a relationship with them or whatever, it just becomes this trick, like triggering domino effect. And at the end of it all, even though it scares me and it freaks me out and it brings a lot of anxiety, I always end up coming out of it realizing that I have to put myself in check and I have to make sure that I'm spending my time here on earth the best I can and that I can put forth as much positivity that I can and with ever I do even I'm not even talking about just like entertainment I'm talking about even just like being out and about and whatever so at the end of the day it all affects me at the end of the day I'm hugely impacted by all of it but it's like I seem to always get thrown into check and this thing with my boob like let's say um taking that this week off of doing those upper body workouts that I was doing, like, let's say that it diminishes the pain. And then let's say that it continues to diminish and then it's fine. It still put me in check for whatever reason, the things that are going on in my life right now. And it makes sense because there's a lot of stuff that I don't talk about. And so those things that are going on behind the scenes, I need to be thrown in check and have a reality check all day long so that I stay focused and on the right path. So even though these deaths are all triggering to me, they do help me. And I think that's really cool that even death can teach us to be better if we pay attention, you know? Some uh, interesting points. Uh, I wanted to uh, uh, mention on here, I want to send my condolences to Kamala and his family. Uh, that was a recent passing that has gotten a lot of attention. Um, that could have been COVID related too. Uh, I, I've read that he had cardiac arrest possibly uh, due to COVID-related uh, suffering. Um, so I guess it's uh, COVID's become an issue in the wrestling world uh, this year. I know you're talking about Sturgis earlier. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on. Uh, I know I'm I'm bringing up a lot of negativity, but is there is um is it still an issue? Was it an issue for you uh, with uh, fans that are threatening or obsessive? Uh, I think the Young Bucks uh, recently stated uh, they left Twitter because of uh, threatening uh, tweets or online with uh, I think like Google Map images of their home, like you know people trying to dox them. Uh, is that was that an issue that you had to deal with uh, while you're uh, working in wrestling? You know, I just think in general, whether you're a wrestler or entertainer or not, I think it really sucks that um, so much information is easily available these days, you know? And um, that's technology, baby. And it sucks. Like, with every good is there's bad and I am a very private person and I actually am private about where I live 
So um, my home is very sacred to me. So there's been times in the cotton mail and stuff like that. And it's like, that sucks that people were able to figure that out or whatever. And, um, you know, it, it just sucks because for me, it's not even about the fans. It's about like I was talking about that psycho ex-boyfriend I had back in the day. I don't need him to know anything about me that I don't want him to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like right. if you pay for certain services, you can get that. And it's like he is the type of person that would. And, you know, it sucks. So I just always watch my back, which sucks. I always have to be watching my back. But it's better than uh, not watching my back, I suppose. <laughs> oh, um, I, I figured I'd wrap up with, like, uh, something more light, lighter. Uh, did you ever, uh, how did you get into Sven Gulli? Uh, I keep uh, seeing him uh, interviewing wrestlers and having a lot of crossover with the wrestling community. Uh, I've been recording some of his recent episodes and saw him interviewing uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, I figured I'd uh, end my call on a a lighter note and uh how did you get into Svengoolie? I, I heard uh Adam Jones, I think from Tool mention him during his uh Chris Jericho interview. Um yeah, so Svengoolie, I honestly one day was just flipping through the channels and I found his program. I fell in love with it. It was everything that I love and just like yes, I think he's so entertaining. He's so awesome at what he does and with the background that he really has um you know it it just shows that's why his show is freaking awesome so it started off like that and being that you follow me on twitter you know me i'm very like i like talking about things that i'm that i like and so i started just tweeting you know about the show when i would watch it and then um you know i saw that he was following me when i started following him and so I was like oh my gosh and so Svengoolie himself is a fan of wrestling and being that he's at these different conventions and stuff that a lot of wrestlers are at that's how you know he gets to like hook up with these wrestlers with these little interviews and stuff and to be honest with you I feel I mean I don't talk to any of the other wrestlers he's had on his show but um, I feel based on what I do know about them they probably are just as big a fan of him as he is of them. You know what I mean? He's just freaking awesome. If you're into the old campy horror vibes and just like almost like vaudeville-esque, like, you know what I mean? So it's been really cool just becoming friends with him. You know, we chat about real life things sometimes. So, um, you know, it's just cool when, you know, vampires can find each other and just connect. And uh, it's not easy being a vampire, Stellar Steven. You know, it's not easy. (laughs) There's a lot of responsibility. And I've been needing a solid vampire friend, and I've really found that in Senguli. And there's actually an episode where I, yours truly is on there wearing my Senguli shirt. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, I know uh, my friend, uh, Maestro, uh, who's on VOC Nation with the WCW Retro and In the Room, uh, he kind of does a Facebook uh, kind of 
uh, host kind of gimmick, like a like a Gooley, uh or a Crypt Keeper. He does these funny clips with his uh, his uh, doll Dorothy, and uh, he's got that uh, horror host vibe on his uh, Facebook page and tweets about it. So uh, I'd recommend that to anybody that's listening in to uh, check out a uh, uh, Maestro Rob Kellum on Facebook and on VOC Nation on his shows that he host and uh yeah uh i really appreciate the time uh you've given me and uh, reading my tweets uh i'll let you go but uh i really appreciate the oh, real uh, quick, call. Though. talking talking about spinguli though something that i discovered in being a spinguli fan is finding out about the original spinguli and let me tell you something right. he I swear to you, if we were in the same age range, he would be my husband. (laughs) I just love him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. One more time. Oh, my gosh. That's what's up. (laughs) Yeah, I got to... uh... Yeah, I got to watch more Swingoli. Thank you so much for... um... Thank you for calling in. It's always great hearing from you, and thank you for your tweet. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the time. All right, talk to you soon. All righty, everyone. On that note, I'm going to be letting you go. Make sure to tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel here on the VOC Nation. I am Shelly from Kelly, and until then, I'll be smelling you later. Adios.